0: Our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we we wrestle. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do, or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than 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 I than I cared about me winning. You know, that was run- when I really truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. Wrestling's just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has and it's just fun trying to like figure everything out. I really love to watch freestyle wrestling. I watch it, you know, almost every day. I'm watching Russians and Iranians. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know, so going into the semifinals I didn't really have a game plan. It took me a couple years to really recognize uh, just what I had actually done um, and how really rare that, that is. I was like super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. For 17 years, it was like, this was what I was training for, you know, and this is potentially my last tournament. It's like, this is it. It's like <laughs> eight mile, like you only get one shot. I felt like you took what was mine. You know, and um, I was trying to take what was his, so just kind of how things go.
1: Welcome to episode 18 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Earl Smith. Hope everybody got to enjoy the long Memorial Day weekend. We've got another great guest lined up for today. So prior to starting this podcast, I founded and maintained the D1CW website, which I still do, though not up to the level that I have in the past. Since I officially or unofficially became a member of the wrestling media, I've always tried to come across as impartial, especially when doing rankings on a weekly basis. You know, it could be hard because there are a lot of incredible people in the sport, and since we're such a small, tight-knit group, I usually find a good reason to root for a particular guy. Maybe I've talked to him in the past and he's friendly with me. Maybe his coaches are friendly with me. Maybe his parents are, whatever is the case. You try not to openly root for one wrestler over the other, or at least I do. And all of that being said, one of my favorite guys to watch compete was today's guest, John Reeder. Since he's become a collegiate coach, I've been able to speak with him on a few occasions, and he's been just a great guy to me, so I felt like I really need to get him on the show. You know how I start the show off with sound bites from past interviews, Uh, Most of them are about love for the sport or have some sort of inspirational message. I have a feeling after this interview I could probably make an intro just of his quotes. Well, that's enough of me. Let's get down to business. Today we welcome John Reeder to Sudden History. John is currently an assistant for South Dakota State. As a competitor, he was a three-time All-American for Iowa State, an undefeated NCAA champion at 174 pounds in 2011. Normally, I'm a pretty quiet, laid-back guy, but with him on the show, I feel like I need to run through a wall or something just to match one-tenth of his intensity. So welcome, John Reeder.
0: I appreciate it, Mr. Smith. I appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Okay, before we go any further, congratulations are in order. Within the last month, uh, John became a new father, so uh, how's his daddy's little girl doing?
0: Oh, I tell you what, man, she's already got me wrapped around her finger, and it's really been amazing it just it shows how strong your your wife is i mean it's unbelievable the, the whole process and we we're, we're very fortunate she came out very healthy and and mom came uh, out of it okay and uh we're, we're happy we're, we're we're blessed
1: great great so i'm going to start off with some stuff that's been going on recently this past weekend at the UWW Junior World Trials it was a huge weekend for jack rabbit wrestling Seth Gross won the spot at one six or at 60 kilos and uh, also a member of the Jackrabbit wrestling club won a spot on the women's cadet world team, Roni Heaton. What's it mean for the program?
0: Oh, it it means everything. It it definitely raised the bar of our program and it just shows you where, uh, the kind of direction of where our program is going. Um, and I couldn't say more about the way the two of those guys competed this weekend. They came to compete and, and ultimately they, they, uh, they prepared well they did absolutely everything they needed to do to to be prepared for uh for that tournament and uh they both did really well and even watching their film after I I'm, I'm, I love watching film and even watching their film since we've been back they wrestled even better than than what I had saw when I was there but uh we're very happy and we're already train uh planning our travel logistics for for the world championships and we're we're very very excited
1: so talk about Seth, what kind of guy he is, the strides he's made. It's pretty well documented by now. He was a big recruit, signed with Iowa, ran into some problems out there, and ends up wrestling at South Dakota State. As a freshman, he had a good run to the round of 12, beating Jimmy Goulbon, who was an All-American last year, and even the eventual NCAA runner-up, Bryce Meredith, at the Big 12s. Absolutely. You know what, when we, when we
0: talk about Seth, you know, I haven't been around too many athletes that are like him. You know, I, I I can't speak highly enough about him. Um and it's not only just because of how talented he is on the mat, but just the kind of personality and, and he's a good person. He's got a good soul and every you know, every time you're around him, he he's like a magnet. He he does draw people towards him and he does the right things and um you know, the past is the past and he, he's a very, very big part of our program and um you know, look at He he just raised the bar of the program, and, you know, I can't say enough about him. He trains hard. He does the right things, and, you know, it's paying off. You know, the program was due for that big match, you know, and he he raised the bar.
1: And another situation I wanted to talk to you about from this past season was your 157-pounder, Cody Pack. He's been a consistent force in your lineup for years, back-to-back seasons. He earns a top-eight seed at Nationals loses both years in the round of 12 as a coach. What can you say to a wrestler in his position, you know, especially considering his quarter final against Walsh from Ryder was such a heartbreaking match, you know, when he jumped out to an early lead, is there anything you can say to him?
0: You know what, um, in in Cody's case, um, you know, for him, that's something that he can now, he can relay back to other athletes now that he's on the other side and he is going to continue to train and compete, um, you know that's that's a great learning that's a great learning experience that he went through. You know, and and the trials and tribulations, and you know, winning and losing, and you know, that that there's learning experiences that were made from that. And um, you know, he can be a shining light for a lot of athletes in in his future as a coach. And um, I think that he's got a very a very positive future ahead of him. And I, I look forward to seeing him still compete. And.
1: You talked about the success that you've had in freestyle recently for a growing program like yours, getting a guy to break through and all American is a huge step. You have Seth recruiting, you have other talented guys on the roster. Just how important is it to you and the rest of the staff to get that first AA and what has to be done to get that guy and the program over the hump?
0: You know, I know what our guys are capable of. And I know that we have 10 guys on the team 10 starters in that that lineup that that were very capable of being an All-American and national champions. I truly believe that, and I'm not just saying it because I'm biased. I see the work they put in, and I'm I'm doing it right alongside of them, and I know the the sacrifices that they put in. Um, And I'm very excited for the future of this program because the talent pools, the the recruiting pools that we got coming in, it's unbelievable, and it shows where the program's about to be headed. I can't speak enough about our, our, our leader, Chris Bono. Um, you know, you, you won't find a better coach than Chris Bono, and I truly believe that. He had the perfect plan when it comes to to um, peaking your athletes at the right time. And, and not only that, he, it, the type of person he is as a coach, and it's someone you want to wrestle for, and you know all the time that guy's going to be fighting for you in your corner.
1: And so you've just finished your second season as an assistant at South Dakota State. Going back two years, what attracted you to Brooklyn, South Dakota – I assume you had a previous relationship through Iowa State with Chris Bono, but uh, what else did you see at that time?
0: You know, I uh you know, obviously I I have a great relationship with Coach Bono and you know, we're we're at you know, as close as you can get, you know, almost brothers. Um, but at the same time when I when I came here on my visit, you know, not only was it him that attracted me here, when I got to meet our administration and Justin Sell and Leon Costello, our 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 direct, our direct administration, and just the the support staff that they this administration has, it's, it's second to none. And I truly believe that I never felt that at Iowa State. Um, it's truly a special community here, and, and um, this school is. It, you got to be here to, to really realize what I'm saying. And the, the program and in all sports across the board, you know, it's, it's something special. But uh, great things are happening here. I'll tell you that.
1: Okay, so just a little over a month ago, you competed at the U.S. Olympic Trials in freestyle. You've been a fixture on the circuit since the end of your collegiate career and even before that. But uh, I feel like we have to ask a lot of the veterans at this juncture after the trials, have you been able to sit down and make a decision about whether or not you'll continue to train and pursue future world and Olympic teams?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you this. I ain't going nowhere. I'll tell you that <laughs> You know, I, I still got a lot of fight left in me, and I love to train. And I think ultimately, I, I just love the process, and I love to compete. You know, there's nothing like it. There's nothing, um, there's nothing like competing. You know, I look forward to that every day, and I look forward to the process every day of just seeing the transformation from the beginning of training camp to when you go to compete. It's, it's something that's uh, I love, and I, I'm I'm 28 years old, and I'm blessed to be able to feel healthy and and get up and attack the day and. You know, that's something I try to give to these guys every day is, you know, this this is uh this isn't work, this is fun, you know, this is this is what it's all about.
1: Okay, and I guess you may have uh shot down my next question, but uh had you ever considered going into MMA? I thought with your physical style, your intensity and work ethic, uh you'd be a natural
0: You know, I, I, I am a, a huge fan of MMA and I got a lot of connections inside that world and I've um, been around a lot of guys that have done really well and you know that's just something I haven't um, you know I haven't, I haven't actually ventured into you know it'd be easy but um, to kind of get your foot in the door but it's something that um, I haven't and you know I'm not sure if I plan on it at all but uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy with where I'm at in my life and, and the people I have around me and um you know, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at in South Dakota, and I love the people that are here, and my wife and I are very happy, and, um, you know, I'm working for one of the best bosses in the world, and I, I believe that, you know, I'm here for a reason, and, you know, it's it's trying to get guys to be national champs, and I'll tell you this, winning a national title is, you know, in my athletic career, it's by far the best feeling I've ever felt, and just to, let, just to kind of mentor guys to Seek that same feeling is, is something I it drives me every single day, and um, you know I'm, I'm very very happy with where I'm at right now, and I'm not going to stop competing, you know. So right now I'm living life. It's, it's life's good.
1: Mm-hmm. And I I thought I had the answer to that question. Um, give you guys a little bit of inside information. we were exchanging texts about trying to find a good time to talk, and uh, John says. I'm going to get up and work out at 545, and any time after 730 I should be free. So, you know, he's getting it at 545 in the morning.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, there, there's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is just a little bit, little bit of being lazy. You know, I, I like getting up and attacking the day right away, you know.
1: And you have a newborn, too.
0: Absolutely. That doesn't uh, that doesn't help either. It's not so much sleep anymore. It's kind of napping now.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm going to circle all the way back around to the beginning. Uh, When and why did you start wrestling?
0: You know what? I. uh, You know, to be honest with you, I had an older brother that we were just rambunctious and you know a lot of energy. Just like pretty much every other story, I'm sure. But uh, my dad was wasn't a wrestler. He was a football player. Big fan of wrestling, and um, he stuck us in. He stuck us in wrestling because we needed an an outlet, really. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. And I I drew a lot of, uh, you know, I I took a lot of attention to wrestling. And um, it's just a passion of mine being able to, you know, like I said, compete. There's nothing like it. You know, and my dad from a very young age, you know, he always instilled, you know, listen, your your work ethic is number one, you know, and, and... being a hard worker, and that's something that uh, has held on to me for a long time. And, you know, I don't have a tournament right now that I'm training for, but there's no reason to sleep in until noon. I'm up at 545, I'm still training. You know, that's that's just the type of mentality I've been instilled in since I was a young kid. You know, I'm, I'm getting after it. That's, that's what it's about.
1: And I always thought it was amazing your high school team had three eventual NCAA champions on it. At the same time, yourself, Brent McCaff, and Paul Donahoe, that's so rare even for a school like a Blair Academy. Talk about uh, that Davidson High School team that you were on and uh, what were some of the reasons for uh, their success.
0: I'll tell you what, we we were very fortunate to have uh, the coaches that we did at, at Davidson, Roy Hall and Ken Elliott. And I, I still, to this day, you know, once a week I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I talked to Coach Elliott um still very close to our coaching staff and you know looking back at all the memories that we had and, you know it it was pretty special you know at the time you don't really realize how special it is and then you know you, these guys go on and they do pretty special things um but it was just you know it it, it very easy philosophy it, it it was uh you know you're going to work harder than everybody else in the country That's that's kind of what we our our foundation was and You know, it was built on hard work ethics and um, and just being a hard-nosed guy, and it it worked for us.
1: So, coming out of high school, why'd you select Iowa State, and what other schools were you strongly considering?
0: Um, You know, there's a gauntlet of, you know, other teams. You know, I I can't remember all of them, but I know I had all my five visits set up, but it was something about Iowa State when I set foot on campus, and just their tradition that they had and being a part of something special. And, you know, especially Kale being, you know, he had just won his title not long before that. Um, and and seeing guys, and, and to be honest with you, you know, I was a, a Matt, Matt rat and Matt junkie. You know, I read all the magazines before I was long, before I was, you know, um, a, a college athlete. You know, so I knew who was in. And, you know, Iowa State was always those, you know, top team Joe Heskey, Chris Bono, all those guys. You know, it was Zach Thompson, Nick Posolano. All those guys were, were big names, you know, and I wanted to wrestle for them. And I always said Iowa State was, you know, they were that was the team to be. And uh, it just so happened that they started recruiting me, and then I took a visit to Iowa State. I said, this is the place I want to win a national title at. I can see myself winning here. And um, I truly believed that. And once I took my visit, it was over with. And I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I go going back, and you know, people ask me that here and there. Would Would you ever change your process? You know, I wouldn't change it for the world. The people that I met, the connections that I met, you know, and you never know.
1: So you went into the NCAA tournament that uh, that freshman season as the sixth seed, ended up placing seventh. You're an All-American as a freshman. Were you uh, happy or satisfied with the way the season turned out?
0: You know what? I was satisfied. I wasn't satisfied. I was a little pissed off. You know, to be honest with you, I was pissed off because, you know, at first, and I was mad at myself. I can I can vividly remember being pissed off at myself because I was happy for some reason being all American. Yeah, obviously you're you're excited. You were fresh freshman all American, but I was like, you know what? That ain't you. Your your standards are a lot higher. You you know you shouldn't be happy getting seventh. You know. But um, it it just drove me to be a better athlete, and I came back the following year, and I ended up fourth. Um, And then my junior – it set myself up for a junior year. I had some injuries that year, um, really at the Big 12, a lot of concussions. And then the Big 12, I hurt my knee. So I really couldn't hit my knee, and a whole lot of people don't know that. My junior year, going to the NCAA tournament, I I didn't hit my knee really one time, you know, that two-week period before the NCAA tournament. I had my knee all taped up at the NCAA tournament, and I was – you know, I just kept telling myself, listen, okay, nothing's going to be perfect. You better go out there and you better figure it out. You know, if you if you want to be a national champ, you better figure it out. Um, so went out there and things didn't go my way, and I fell in the round of 12. Um, and uh, ended up coming back my senior year and it went okay.
1: And so just uh, moving along to your sophomore season, um at nationals, your entire half of the bracket exploded. Uh, Lunis and Maribel went down in the first round. Musa Fey lost early. Um, at that time, is that something you take notice of, of? Like, wow, this is setting up pretty good for me. Or, you know, everybody always likes to say I'm just taking it one match at a time.
0: You know what? You, you know, exactly like you say. You know, when you're so you're so focused inside your bubble that um, that you try not to focus on what's going on. But as you're running off the off the mat. You know, you're walking by these other mats and you kinda of, you kind of take notice a little bit and I just I remember that very vividly too. You know, you're walking off and I I can hear, oh, you know, this guy went down and on Mat seven, you know, whatever. And you know, you just run back, back there, you you run back to the hotel and you're you're getting ready for the next round. In that in that tournament, that's that's by far the best tournament in the world. I, I truly believe it and um it's a competitors playground. I mean, it's about you. And uh, taking care of yourself, doing your doing your part, and I just I just remember all the NCAA tournaments I wrestled, and it was you know you wrestled and you went back to the hotel, and there whole was there really wasn't a whole lot of you know I I think I was inside a building the whole time. You know you're in the you're in the arena, then you run back to the hotel. You're in the hotel. It really isn't in any any you know in between.
1: Mm-hmm. So. That- in the semis that season you had jared king regulation you had a real good opportunity getting a takedown late as well as in the first sudden victory but you lost on riding time in the tiebreaker talk about your memories from that match
0: uh I, I just remember he was he was flexible as heck and um i remember i kept getting to a single leg and i, I would get his foot up and i'd get it real high and this guy was doing a split and i could, i was like what is going on so i'd you know he would always put. he was on the edge, and on the edge, and on the edge, and I couldn't get him. And it's funny too now that we have the assistant coach AJ Shop he's from Edinburgh. First you know, first couple of things I said to him, I was like, You remember that Jared Keith guy? But uh <laughs> Yeah, no, he was tough, you know, and he went on to win 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 the national title that year.
1: Um so after that season, Cale Sanderson leaves for Penn State and Kevin Jackson's hired um at the time how are you feeling about that situation and then just talk about how their coaching styles may differ from each other
0: you know i think they're both amazing amazing uh you know coaches and um, there really isn't a whole lot to say really you know uh um they they both have their different styles and i can't you know i'm not going to say anything bad about either of them they're, they're yeah. completely different uh type of philosophies and you know, I'm, I was happy for for Coach Sanderson when he uh, went to Penn State, and he left for his reasons. And you know, and, and that's kind of it. And then we had a fresh, you know, a fresh uh, coaching regimen come in and um, and take over. And you know, you had to you had to figure it out. You know, you, you adapted to the new philosophy, and um, you know, you went from there. And I, I think he was meant to be, really, because you know, I I, I met Coach Bono, you know, and mm-hmm. and out of that whole thing, I. You know, I, I built a relationship that, you know, is a, a lifelong friend and, and, a, and a coach and a mentor, and he, he's been nothing but uh, amazing to me since day one and um, very fortunate to where I'm at. And I, I, I owe a lot to him, too, because, you know, I, I truly believe he, he was a major part of the reason why I won a national title my senior year, was just because he's just as crazy as I am. You know, <laughs> if, if you've been around him, he's an intense guy, and but he's passionate he's passionate and you know that's something that draws me to him is because he's he's very goal goal oriented he's he's uh you know he's he's just a great person and I can't speak highly enough about him and I wanted to be around him I wanted to be you know I was like a little kid I just wanted to be attached to him because every time I was around him I was getting better in some sort of way um whether it was you know technique or on the mat or you know just a better person but um you know when that new regiment came in, he came in and it was a, it was a blessing for me. Cause I, and, I knew I could, you know, I knew I could wake up at five thirty in the morning and call him and just listen, let's go get a workout. in, and, you know, he'd be there before I was, that's just that's just the type of guy he is.
1: And so you briefly touched on it. Your junior season, your regular season was the best to that point. And, uh, you had a four seed at nationals and uh, just talk about all the things that you were dealing with. You said the concussions and the knee.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, no, no, one, no one is perfect. Um, no one is perfect injury wise in their seasons. And that's why I think the NCAA collegiate wrestling, I think it's awesome just because there's so many adversities that you have to hurdle to have to, to be the national champion, you know, and it's, it's not always uh it's not always going to be perfect. And I'm not the type of guy to, to to you know say this is the reason why I didn't win, but it, it is what it is, and you know you had to figure it out.
1: And so, was a, a weight cut part of the reason why you went up to uh, 74 as a senior? Was that a problem that you You know what? I, I,
0: I decided uh, after my junior year, I made the University World Team um, for the second time. I, I think I was at 63 again, so I, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to finish the summer off. I made that team and, and it went 163, and ended up. Uh, and when I made that cut, I was like, "Listen, this this is probably going to be the last time I go 65. So, let's uh, let's make this team, and then we'll, we'll we'll bulk up and we'll go 74 and have a, a, a great senior year. And um, it was the best idea for me, and it worked out, and uh, it was it was great.
1: And so that senior season, uh, did you have a different level of confidence coming into the NCAA championships? You're undefeated, the top seed, or is it, you know, you are always uh, confident in yourself?
0: You know, I kept uh, I kept telling myself, I, I, that's what I try to tell these guys too, there's no match that's bigger than another, you know. And I kept telling myself, just from my personal experience, our our opening uh, tournament every year was the Cyclone Open. And I don't know why, I just always told myself, you know, th- this match, you know, the NCAA final is just like the – the match of the Cyclone open. Don't make it any bigger than it has to be, you know. And always just, you know, very cliche, just say, you know, one match at a time, you know. But I, just, I just wanted to get my hands on guys and 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 just take it to them. And I was I was fired up, you know. It was my last go around, my senior year, and I wanted to go out with a bang. And um, I put every ounce of effort and and, and energy towards being a national champion. Because to be honest with you, I, I've been in the sport since I was five years old. And, that's been the pinnacle of my career. Um, yeah, and everything was always directed towards that. Because when I was growing up, being a national champion, Division One was like that was everything. You know, that's what I always looked for: is being a national champion. You know, your senior year comes around, and you're like, "Well, wow, got one more chance at this." You know, and I did absolutely everything right in in in, in every aspect to make sure that uh, I gave myself the best opportunity to do that. And, so know, for and that's, your, what I tell, that's what I tell a lot of our guys too, you know, you don't really realize how quick your, your career goes. And, uh, and, you know, every athlete and coach that's, that's done with their career can tell you that uh, it goes quick. And I'll tell you what, you don't want to be done with your career and have any regrets. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, I, it was fun, a lot of fun.
1: And so for your NCAA title, you beat Nick uh, you know, talk about that match because you did a little bit of everything. You got a couple takedowns, got backs off a of claw ride, riding time.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't have a... Um, you know what? I didn't get a chance to wrestle Nick ever before that match. That was our first meeting um, and I knew he was he was a physical guy as well and I knew that was going to be good for me because I, I, I was better against guys that, that came after me as well that wanted to stand there and they wanted to bang and I knew... If I if it was going to turn into a fight, I knew I was ready for it, and I knew that I'd come out on top because that was you know that's what I love to do. I want to stand out. I want to I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. Um, and he, uh, I think I got him with a couple turns, and you know kind of put the match um, a little gap between us and it worked out.
1: And so it hasn't been that long, only five years, but in my opinion. The picture of you a couple moments after winning the title was one of the coolest, most iconic images I can remember from wrestling. It was probably my screensaver about a year afterwards. You're you're screaming. You got the That's bloody awesome. bandage around your head. You know, yeah. I think you can literally see the blood, sweat, and tears all in once. You know, what's going through your mind at that time?
0: Oh man, you know, it, it was just a flood of emotions. You know, and I, I think there was a there was a video or not long ago of uh i think jay robinson said something about you know when you win that big match that that pinnacle match it's like white light you know and it's something that just overcomes you it's so overwhelming and, and almost yeah. numbing to a, to a certain extent um and it's something that you can't really describe other than you know you got to feel it and that's that's something that i want these guys so bad i want the best experience for these guys our student athletes and i, I truly believe you know it, as a D one athlete, that's that's the pinnacle. Being on top of that podium in, in March. But uh, it and was a flood. Of, it was a flood of emotions, you know. Everything from, you know, just my parents and that have put countless hours and sacrifices into my career, and um, you know, to your coaches and 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 so on and so on.
1: And so, I always end up rooting for guys like yourself who end up as. Seniors who won their only titles—it just seems more special to me when a guy's been on the cusp, makes it the semis, all American a couple times, you know, falls short a couple times, but ultimately comes through to win a title in his last collegiate match. Does winning in that fashion make it more special for you oh, than? I'll,
0: I'll, I'll tell you this, Mister Smith. it I couldn't end it a better way for me. You know, <laughs> it couldn't end it a better way, and you know I I just remember standing in that tunnel, you know, just closing my eyes and kind of. Letting it all soak in. I I don't think I've ever been more confident in that moment than I ever was in any match. Just because I knew that was my last seven minutes or however long it took that I knew I was gonna fight as hard as I possibly could um, to win that match. And I, I it was like an overwhelming feeling, you know. I was ready for a, a fight, but. um it, it was it was a lot
1: of fun you got me, you got me uh sitting here with goosebumps on my arm <laughs> uh, me too me too um so you were always a part of some really talented Iowa State teams uh, by my count including you there were three national titles on those teams uh, four counting Paulson during your redshirt season but as a team you guys were never able to really get over the hump and beat Iowa finish above them at nationals is that something you'd look back and regret on regret if you know that's really the right word or
0: not? Yeah, you know uh, that, those were some special, special teams and, and the memories and, and friendships that I have built with those guys and even the upperclassmen that, like Nick Pasalano. When I remember first coming to campus and him taking me under his wing and you know and, and saying, "Listen, this is this is what you got to do to be a national champion." And I'm you know I'm a 17 year old redshirt freshman. You know I don't know what's going on really. I just know I need to work hard. And, um, you know, your dad always tells you to be the hardest worker in the room, but you've got some animals inside that room. Um, and, you know, it was guys like that that take you under their wing and show you what's, what's right and having legends like Coach Douglas in the room. And it's just – it was a lot of fun, and I would never change it for the world. And, you know, even to this day, you look back at those memories, and some of the cherished memories I have in my career are not winning those matches. It's It's those bus rides to Oklahoma or those bus rides to Oklahoma State when you stay and you walk in, you know, it's number one versus number three or number two versus number three, you know, all the way up and down the lineup. And those are the memories that, you know, you're walking in a hostile environment. It, That's that's the epitome of, you know, lifelong friendships and, and, and you know, and so on. But I'll never forget, you know, those, those memories are, are what stick out the most, you know.
1: Okay, my last question. It's always a fun one. Um, how would you like for people to remember you and your career as a wrestler?
0: Who? That's a that's a that's a loaded one. But you know, I think I think work ethic. You know, I think hard nosed, intense, in your face type guy. Who? Listen, you know, I may not win all my matches. And I've had a lot of downs more than I've had ups. But um, I'll tell you this: there's never been a time where I haven't, you know, I haven't threw it all out there. You know, I haven't given my hundred and ten percent, you know, win or lose. That's just the type of guy I am and you know, no matter what the situation is, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everything I have and, and just the work ethic. I think you know, that was something my dad instilled from me from a very young age, like I said, it was just work ethic and that's that's ultimately something you wanna pass on to your kids someday. Is, you know, you never wanna be labelled lazy. I think that's one of the worst things you can be labeled is being lazy. You know, and He's a hard worker, in your face, intense. Let's get it.
1: <laughs> okay, is there anything else that you'd like for people to know about John Reeder or South Dakota State Wrestling or anything? The floor is yours. Uh, I tell you what,
0: keep an eye out on the Jackrabbits, man. A lot of great things are happening, and it's just a lot of special stuff, and we're on the rise.
1: All right, a big thanks to John Reeder for coming on Sudden
0: Southern History today. I appreciate it, Mr. Smith. Thank you.
1: Once again, thanks to John Reeder for joining Sudden History. Before you go, remember to subscribe to Sudden History on iTunes. Leave a good review while you're at it. Also, check out all of the shows on the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And if you'd like to leave feedback for the show, my email is earl at d1collegewrestling.net, at d1cw on Twitter and for the show at Sudden History. Until next week, Greg Jones and I are signing off.
0: How the hell do I get off the stage?